setting that we don't, that we become careless or we become presumptuous. No, 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 no. But we ought to come with an expectancy as well. You know, it's interesting because, you know, you, you look around, there's so much stuff. If I don't hear it four or five times a week, I hear it 15 times a week. They're tired of all this junk. They're tired about all this stuff. And, you know, and, and re, by the way, remember Vera Miller. Vera lost her brother to COVID this last week, and she's down with COVID as well. I mean, it's, it's out there, friend. It's just like this has been... One of those weeks where you just really, and, and, and the news that comes in, I mean, we're witnessing turmoil left and right, but at the same time, we're also witnessing uncertainties. And that's why I want to come back to the, the foundation of these words that were already expressed in this video. And because in Psalm 23, God is not only I want you to understand here in the good times, he's also here in the tough times. There are times when we face unbelievable difficulties. Do I have a witness on that one? I mean, this, aren't you excited about this morning? You know, just ready to get pumped up and start jumping all over. You know, sometimes it's not so much doing that as it is coming to a reality of our relationship with Christ. Let me declare to you this morning that God's presence is there in the dark times just as he is in the light times. Oh, yes, he is. So take a look at Psalm 23. It says here, and I'm just looking at verse 4. I'm not going to break down the entire psalm. Boy, that's for another teaching. There's so much good stuff in that. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yea, though I walk, what does it say? Through. Valleys are meant to be walked through, friend, not camped at. Okay? Let me just lay that foundation right from the beginning. Yea, though I walk, Yea, though I walk, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, now please grab this because David confesses the human standpoint here. That's what he's doing. He's, 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 he's confessing the human standpoint of what the Bible declares from the divine viewpoint. Do you realize that there are, there are 365 fear nots in the scripture. 365 fear nots. They declare, fear not, for I am with you. Right? Fear not. I am with you. But David reverses that. It's not coming from heaven to him, but from him to God. It's something that we need to learn to do, friend. I will fear no evil because you are with me. It's not about God telling us, I'm with you. It's about me declaring to God, I know you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Amen? Look, 
if, if you're going through something today, let me say this. You are going through it. Click, click. You are going through it. And while you're going through it, let me encourage you, declare the victory of Jesus. He's gone through it. He's overcome it. Hello? So does that mean that because it's you going through it, you're not going to come through it? Well, that's because you're looking at yourself and not him. Declare the victory of Jesus. I will fear no That's a message all in itself, is it not? I mean, you could preach that one for sure. This is the challenge. This is the challenge. I will fear no, put whatever you want in there. I will fear no evil. Why? Why? Because I know you're with me. How much is he with you? Oh, is he there? Oh, is he there? Oh, is he there? Oh, is he here? He's joy to you. When you declare you are with me, of course he's in front of you, beside you, behind you, above you, and everywhere else, because he starts from within you. Man, I want to just sing that old hymn, since Jesus came into my heart. Do you understand what that means? You, again, let me just explicitly state this. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When Christ breathed on them, the disciples, he immediately showed them as he is showing us that when we believe upon him, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means every part, not, 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 these things I did, these things that I should have done, these things that I didn't do, and I'm still doing that. Man, why are you focusing on the physical and on the outward? This is all about the inward, where you were separated from God at birth because of Adam's business in falling and separating himself from God, and you were in Adam at the time. So at this juncture, do you, do you, do you follow what I'm saying? In here, he has placed his Holy Spirit. Do you know what the main function of the Holy Spirit is, by the way? Oh, man, is that that crazy stuff about me making or speaking in tongues? You know, going around going yabba-dabba-doo or something? Oh, please. Well, does that mean, you know, does, does that mean, uh, you know, like, like the gifts of the Spirit where I heal people or I have knowledge and all that? Please, those are the results of it. Those take place. The main function of the Holy Spirit is to impart the very life of Christ to us. So you have the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit resides in us. And in that residing in us, he is continually imparting the life of Christ in you so that you are joined to him, made one spirit with him, and as a result, live from him.
try to live from him. No, live from him. Can, can I get that mindset changed around in you today? Quit struggling with all you're trying to do and start resting in what he's done. David reads verse, it's not coming from heaven, but to him. And, and, and from him to the Lord. Look, if you're going through something, again, let me say it. You're going through it. And while you're doing so, declare the victory of Jesus. Now, what's going right or wrong for you? Declare his victory. He has defeated this thing that's coming against you. Mm, man. Mm. Even when there seems to be no hope, there's always God. How many know that all sunshine and no rain makes a desert? Well, that's a deep one, Pastor. I know. But we overlook it. How many know that life is a mixture? You have pain and you have pleasure. You have victory, you have defeats. I mean, come on. You watched the Ohio State game yesterday. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We will, we, we will exile you from this church. You are no longer welcome. We strip you of your membership. But by the way, leave your tithe at the door. <coughs> in case you're wondering who that was, it's the guy with a bright red face in the back. <coughs> you look, yeah, I said anything. Anyways, but, but understand, there's going to be success and there's going to be failures. There are going to be mountains and there are going to be valleys. God is with us during those valleys, is he not? Friend, let me, let me pose a question to you that you hope nobody ever asks you in your life. You ready for this one? Where is God when I really need him? Of course, none of you have ever felt that, right? Where is God when I really need him? I mean, there have been times when I prayed and I thought, man, I can't pray past the ceiling I'm in. It just seems like it's so dead and so worthless and so empty. Is, is he hearing me? Is he, is he really hearing me? Is, is there really a God? Sometimes you take a look at what's in front of you and the task just seems way too big. The enemy is too big or the obstacle is too large. Friend, we need to know that God is with us. So where is he during those difficult times? Well, in, in 1 Kings, Syria is this powerhouse. And it's headed up by a king by the name of Ben-Hadad. And Syria is, is coming up against Israel, and Syria gets whooped on the battlefield by Israel. And Ahab is the current king. He's a bad king, period. I mean, he's a wimp and a half on top of it. And, 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 and as a result of that, I mean, 
he goes out to battle against Syria, and you would think because of that he's going to fall. But no, he just, he wins. Because at this time, Ahab actually listened to the prophet. Now, that was rare, trust me. And, and, and so because of that, they, they win this upset over Syria. And Syria is shocked. I mean, they're just blown away by this. So, so, so what happens is, is that they get the advisors together. And they try to figure out how in the world that that little Israel beat us. And so we have this verse in verse 23 in 1 Kings. It says, Then the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we, but if we fight them in the plain, surely we will be stronger than they. Now, here's what they're figuring out. That, that we're stronger than them, but, but they got us on their own turf, you know? They, they fought us in the hills, hills there, and, and their God specializes there. Their God is, is a God of the hills, man. He, that, that's his domain. That's where he can work. And, and we have to get them into the valley. We got to get them down on the plain. And, 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 and here's where we're strong, and we're going to beat them down there in the valley. So they're saying to get them out of the hills and into the valleys, yes, but there's something about God here as well, friend, and that he's the God of the hills only. Huh? What that does is cause you to think that he's the, God, he's the good God, the God of the good times, the God of the one who's always, you know, there with us in the middle of those good times. You know, so can, can I say something here? That's, that's the enemy as well has said the same thing about us that the Syrians said about God. I know you know this as far as the scripture and God talking to Satan about a guy by the name of Job. Ever, ever, ever noticed? My servant Job. Satan says, duh, I mean, he's, he's going to serve you. I mean, look, I mean, how, how much have you blessed him all the way through this stuff? You've given him riches. You've given him a family. You've given him a business. He's got a great wife. I mean, take it all away, and he'll curse you. It's like the enemy saying, your people, you know what? They'll hang in there with you as long as they're in the hills, as long as things are going good. As long as they're in the mountains, as long as they're walking around the peaks going, you're or whatever, you know, life is good. Life is sweet. They're with you there, but put them in the valley and they'll curse you to your face. So the enemy is telling us two things here. Number one, that our God is the God of the good place and not the God of bad places. And number two, that we as his people do okay as long as our life is okay. But put us in a test, and we're going to fall apart. You know, I've watched a lot of believers that that's pretty kind of true. God hears it all, friend. Now, in, in this situation, God gets angry. So here's what God says about that. Take a look at verse at verse 28 here and what it says. It says, yeah, 
I'm not seeing verse 28 on your notes, am I? Look at verse 28. He says, Then the man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord, Because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys, therefore I will deliver all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Can somebody say amen to that one? That, that, that's a huge statement. He's saying, I'm a God of the valley. I'm a God of the valley. And David knew that. Even though I walk through the valley. Even though I walk through the valley. Why? Because he's with me. He's not only a God of the hills. He's the God of the valley. And Syria made the mistake. And as a result of that mistake, 100,000 Syrians are killed in one day. 27,000 escaped. And when they escaped, they came to a wall that fell on them and killed all 27,000. Talk about having a bad day. But I declare it again, he is the God of the valleys. Hello, somebody. So I want to give us a couple things about valleys this morning. And, and I hope you take note of them because these are truths. It's just, it's, 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 it's where things are at. But I, I believe God's saying something to us this morning. So let me say this. Number one, valleys are inevitable. I knew you'd shout me down on that one. You know, he's just going to, oh, amen, pastor. That's a good point. Yeah. No, but it's true. Valleys are inevitable. You know, how many know that troubles are certain? Anybody in here never had a trouble? Didn't say triple, I said trouble. Look, uh, we enter into those places, we say, you know, why me? Why does this happen happen to me? Why did, why did I, what, what, what did we go, I mean, why did it have to impact it? We've got all the question why. And that question, I believe, is a question that'll drive you nuts. Take a look at First Peter 4.12. And again, that's another verse I, I, I don't I must not have. I must, no, I, there's a page missing. That's what's happening. So you're gonna have to take notes, okay? So take a look at this. It says, it says 4.12. You don't have it there either? It's not there either. I'm doing well this morning. I'm sorry. Anybody want to venture a guess? I'll, I'll give you a little hint. Why are you so surprised when you fall into various trials? Peter's going, hey, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what are you getting all upset about? Why, why are you having such a shock at, at, at the fact that... <laughs> You're in the middle of a situation. Those trials, them, you're surprised. Think no one else has ever had this, 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 this moment or this trouble or this situation. One of the small groups here that I'm, I'm probably most proud of right now is, is a small group that's been meeting about once a month. And you know who that's comprised of? Widows. That in the past two years, we have lost so many of, of, of our men to sickness and disease. And, and, but how many know that 
God can take something of tragedy, and he's the God not only of the hills, but of the valleys as well. Look, you're going to go through stuff. Peter's saying, don't be surprised because you're alive. Things are going to happen. Many different valleys are going to come your way. Valleys are inevitable, period. Yes, they are. And, 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 and I don't have it on the screen. It's not on your page because I put it on your page, but evidently I didn't print the page. I don't know what happened. But John 16, 33 says what? In the world you will have tribulations. You know what tribulation is? Do you understand what tribulation is? I've explained it many times, but let me give it to those who don't know it. And that is if you take a grape and you put it in your hand right here and you take this little thumb of yours and you press down on it, that's called tribulation. You press down it so that the very life squirts out all over the place. Just, just empties out. That's the picture of tribulation. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. Thank you, Wendy. But be of good cheer. How comes? I have overcome. I want you to let your... Don't focus in on one thing. The world. I have overcome the condition that caused the tribulation. That's huge. Pain, trouble, and valleys are inevitable. But misery is optional. When you're in the dark, when you're in your valley that's going, it's going to declare what you're looking at. And, and I say that because, friend, we've been walking with God, oh God, I love you, see. And then the troubles and trials hit us, and what do we do? Focused in on the trouble. I'm not asking you to deny it. I'm not asking you to not pay attention to it. But that's our entire focus is right there. And I'm here to declare to you, I've said this for years. It's been a part of my mantra for, for I, I, don't, I can't even remember how far back. But I've declared it over and over and over again. Never doubt in the dark what God gives you in the light. Let me say that again because it's coming up. Never forget in the dark what God gives you in the light. Hello, somebody. When you go through your famine, my question is, where do you go? When you go through your famine, where do you go? Famine is extremely symbolic, not just for food, but for what are financial famines, relational famines, spiritual famines. even famines of hope. In the Bible, how do they make it through a famine? Crops aren't growing. Only one thing you can do. You have to go to something called the storehouse. Go, go, go to the storehouse in order to make it through. But unfortunately for a lot of people, 
It's like going to the bank to make a withdrawal. And when they, you know, things are going tough, things are breaking down around us, and so we go to make a withdrawal, and the bank says, uh, <laughs> sorry, man, there's nothing in that account. There's nothing in that storehouse. That's not a good place to be. We reach those moments and those times where we live more for the moment than we do anything else. We're all about today. We're all about what we got. We're all about this. Let me tell you something. So we kind of forget about God. We don't really know who he is. We don't grow. We're not after God. We're not loving on him. We're not spending any time in, in worship. You know, we'll crank up the radio and learn the words and go, oh, yeah, that's good. But do we really worship God? I mean, do we, do we, do we bow down before him in that sense? Yeah, it's prayer. Yeah, it's his word. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I just, I've come to the point where I can't get enough of his word. You know, it's, it's where, you know, I struggled through two chapters a day or something, and now I can't get enough. Ten, fifteen chapters. It's not about how much I read. That's not the issue. The issue is I don't want to stop. I want to get in there more. How comes? I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I have a hunger for God. I have a love for God. And I don't even know how to put that truly into words. But it is experiential. And what I'm saying here is that you go through things, so you pull on things. I mean, really, with the video, it was incredible what it was saying, sitting beside somebody who's mourning, who's going through things, who's experiencing famine, who's walking through a valley called the shadow of death. And so we try to fix them rather than love them. Try sitting down next to a person, talking to them on the phone. One of the doctors just told them that their daughter is brain dead. And somebody is weeping because they couldn't see their spouse, that they died behind a closed door. And all they could do maybe is look toward heaven. Oh, yeah, you got it bad. You know, I love people who have the one-up stories. Look, you've already won the battle. You feel sorrier for yourself than anybody else. How's that storehouse for you? You know what I'm amazed at? How really quiet it is in here this morning. But I believe God is sharing his heart with us this morning. I believe he wants us to comfort those with which we've been comforted ourselves. And to love on those through the love with which we've been loved. Does that mean that we have to have all the right words? Absolutely not. In fact, as St. Francis said, you don't have to say a thing. 
Sometimes your presence is more powerful than your words because of the love of God that is in you. Sometimes, you know, we want to argue our points. We want to argue our insights because of the valley and the tensions and everything, the turmoil and everything, because the storehouse is empty. We're looking for something to win, to make it through. Famines hit the land. We don't think about it until something happens usually. And we get into those famines, we get into those valleys. And you just, you know, want to go to the bank. Look, I believe that it's never too late for a miracle. I, I, I do. But hear me. How much better if we've built a storehouse? Come on, somebody. When immediately when things happen, I know that I know that I know that I know. I know who my God is. I don't have questions. It's not about doubt. It's not about whether or not this formula works or that formula works. If that's what you're running with, you're going to crash and burn every time. The enemy's going to take you down like, like, like. Sometimes I get upset at the thoughts I have. Like ugly on glue. That's what I feel. That doesn't mean that when you walk into something, you're going to go, hallelujah, glory, you know, how, you know. You're going to be hit like everybody else hits, gets hit, but the difference is how you come through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I fear no evil because you're with me. I know that because I got some emotional Gucci Gucci because I know it. Because if you live according to your feelings, your emotions, again, crash and burn. Man, I just, oh my goodness. Somebody's going a long time here. Okay, let me see what I can do here. Uh, you might be saying, well, you know, oh, pastor, you know. Yeah, I've been through it, but I came out the other side. Well, that's nice. But how many know you're probably going to go through it again of some other nature? You're either coming out, like you said, going in, or just getting ready, or in the midst of it right now. That's why I will tell you the storehouse is critical. My life is so good right now, Pastor. But I'm, you know, I'm busy. Because of the goodness, I'm running here and there, taking the kids to this and that. I've got to provide here. You know, I'm sorry, Pastor. I didn't plan basketball or football or baseball on Sundays. Long before basketball, football, or baseball. God said it's good to take that day of rest. Okay, I'm going to get enough trouble as it is as I go on. But the problem is we're not making any deposits into our storehouse. And, and we're not going to go back to that storehouse and magically there's going to be food there. Look, 
Jesus didn't say if the storm comes. He said when the storm comes, it would determine how your house has been built. Hello? I look at my house. Okay, let's watch the storm. And the man who built his house upon the rock versus the man who built his house upon the sand. I found for many believers, they don't know how strong or weak their life is until it's attacked. Until their business is attacked. Until their family's attacked. Until their relationships are attacked. Until their life is attacked. Valleys are inevitable. But let me give you the second one. Valleys are unpredictable. Hmm. When you least expect it and when you least need it is usually when it hits. Hello? When it rains, what does it do? According to Morton Salt, it pours. When it rains, it just... I wish I, wish I could... You know, I don't know about you, but I wish I could plan my tough times. Hello? Wouldn't it be nice? Schedule them out for the third week of the month on Thursday. I, uh, valleys are unplanned. Surprise, surprise. I, I mean, I have found that big issues will mature you. Oh, yes, they will. But small issues grind you and grind you and grind you. Valleys can be unrelenting and undeserved. And, and, and maybe you're, you're, you know, in a valley because of, of, of a dumb choice that somebody else made. You know, it's just one of those things. But, but what makes me upset sometimes is, is when I have to go through a valley because of somebody else's decision. But remember this verse. I mean, Jesus is just coming out of his 40 days of, of, of temptation, and then he's, he's, delivered, he's given three more major temptations that were given. But then this verse here in chapter 4 of Luke in verse 13 says, When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So, whoa, somebody. I mean, I mean think about this for a second. He, he left him until an oppor more opportune time. I don't know about you, but I'm aware of my opportune times. How about you? I become vulnerable when I get tired. Anybody like that? I mean, all of a sudden, something happens, snap, and I go... I'm sure nobody out there does that, right? None of you guys, you're just... Something happens, and you go snap and go, holy, holy, holy. Something little just sets us off. And also, my other times can be after a big victory. You know? And, 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 and I've, you know, I've got this huge test or breakthrough kind of thing. It, it's, it's, it's like the enemy knows how to come in and take it away. Okay, let me, let me hurriedly go through a couple more here. Number three, valleys are indiscriminate. They don't care. They're not prejudiced. 
which means all of us go through tough times. I don't care if you have more money than Bill Gates or if you're more spiritual than Billy Graham or whatever, you will face trials, you will face valleys. I don't care who you are, how good you are, how spiritual you are. You're going to face those valleys. Troubles are not prejudice. No one is insulated from them. It doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong with us or we've been doing something. It just means we're human. Look at your neighbor. Are they human? I'm going to answer that. Why do bad things happen to good people? I, I want to know why good things happen to bad people. Matthew 5, verse 45 says this. For he made us, for he made his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Hello? The good news is this, and this is your fourth valley. Valleys are temporary. Now you can smile. They are temporary. I love what, what Schuler said years ago. Tough times never last, but tough people do. There you go. David said, when I walk through the valley, through them, not camp at them, what I'm saying to you this morning is don't stop. Don't stop. And, you know, let, let me tell you this. What looks like a tombstone in God is just a stepping stone to something greater in God if you let him. What looks like a tombstone in God is just a stepping stone to something greater in God, if you let him. But it has to be your decision. You're the only one that can make this decision. You can get mad, you can get angry, you can get frustrated all you want at things and scenarios and situations. I get that, I understand it. Those things don't make me happy either, friend. But though I walk through that valley... I'm going to go through it, not stop, not get stuck. He's leading me. Though I walk through the valley, he's with me. Look, failure can never be final. Not when it comes to being with God. Failure can't be final. He's with you up to your final breath and after. Valleys are temporary. Let me give you this last one, number five. And that is, valleys offer us great fruit. Okay? We learn more during our tough times than we do during our good times. Growth comes from the valley. He's working in us, through us, and for us. And, and he's, 
He's way, I've said this a thousand times, he's way more interested in your character than in your comfort. Look at your neighbor. Do they look comfortable? Pray God convicts them this morning. I'm just saying it's the truth. We want God to take away the pain. Hey, he's not worried about the pain as much as he is you. I understand he's worried. He's not worried about the pain. He takes care of the pain, but in taking care of you, he deals with the pain. Did you all get that or did you just watch those guys going by me instead? We're going to sing nearer my God to thee in just a minute. I, I want us to grab this and I, I want us to hold fast to this because this is huge and it's extremely important. And, and, and I say that because, well, let me put it this way. James chapter 1 and verse 2. Look what it says. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Isn't that encouraging? But valleys produce strength because there's something called resistance. Now, if, if you plant a tree, like, you know, up against a house to where, you know, it does, it, it gets, you know, wet, but it doesn't get any wind, it does get a little bit of sun, it's only going to get so big. But you plant it out there in the middle of the yard. I, I did a whole message on, on this before as far as the trees are concerned. If you put that tree out there in the middle of nothing to protect it, and that wind starts coming along, it's going, bending it down back and forth, that tree begins to grow strong and big. It will triple the size of that little tree in a heartbeat that's up against the house because it's up against resistance, and that resistance causes that tree to grow and to get large and to become stronger. There's going to be times that we feel like we're starting all over again. But I'm telling you, God's there, friend. And yea, though I walk through what? A valley of the shadow. Shadow. It's only a shadow. <laughs> a shadow. I hate shadows. Ever been in a church at night all by yourself? It is the creepiest place in the world. When, when I was at, at uh, an assistant over at Springfield Assembly, and, and all we had was the boiler heat, if you remember that kind of stuff, and it'd be nighttime. And I'd be, had been in there for a while, I'm walking through the sanctuary, and, and, and these, these shadows are all over the place. And, and all of a sudden, one of the valves would have opened up for the boilers, and those pipes are dead cold, but when the hot water runs through, what do they do? They begin to pop, and they don't go quietly. And I mean, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to try and act it out. I'll just tell you, I was scared spitless. I knew there was somebody there. There was an evil spirit in that place. I was going to become consumed over, I've watched way too much sci-fi. One time I was in a church and I was walking down the steps. Nobody else there. It's dark. Why didn't I turn the light on? Because I thought there was plenty of light. You know, those exit lights give you some light. So I'm walking down and all of a sudden I stop and I look down the hallway and there's somebody standing there, big person, bald, and a hat on. 
you know how your stomach drops and everything in you just ceases to exist and you die a thousand deaths right there? And they were looking at me and I'm looking back and I'm slowly coming to the wall and I flip the light on and there before me was a hat on a rack with a choir robes. <laughs> oh, you laugh, you laugh. <laughs> My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know what the word perfect means? At home, on my shelf, there was a perfect pumpkin pie. It's not perfect anymore. Why? Because there's pieces missing. So it's less than perfect. Because the word perfect means whole. One time it was whole. And it's not now. Hmm. You know what? In the middle of your valley, it's having the guts. It's having the guts to be who you are, wherever you are. Not two-faced, but real. I'll never forget that Jesus' most scathing remarks were for the church. He's come that we may be whole, that we may be complete. You know what that means? It means being honest with yourself. James goes on there in that last part to say, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's the first step. But you know what God does? I don't have it written there, but you can look it up. He gives liberally, overwhelmingly to those who ask. I'm smart enough. I know how to deal with it. I know how to work through it. God's given me a brain to use, so I'm going to use it. Say you couldn't use your brain. You didn't say you weren't smart enough. But I'll tell you what, you'll never come close to the wisdom of God that God has to offer you. If any of us lacks wisdom, do you really think it's just natural wisdom? No, this is supernatural wisdom. That comes and gets also entered into the storehouse. Friend, what God's calling us to do, what he's calling us to be in the midst of all these other things, in the midst of the valley, he's asking us to be honest with who we really are. Quit pretending. Quit being two-faced about things. Quit, quit, quit trying to put on a front. I'd love to be able to do that. I, I, I'd stop doing that a long time. I is who I is. Call me Popeye truth of the matter is, you know, I'm just, I'm a human being that's fallen more in love with God, more dependent upon Him, 
because I've gotten to know myself that much more. Being real with who I am. Valleys force us to realize who we really are. Do they not? And that Jesus, no matter how many pieces this pie is in, Jesus can put me back together again. He brings us through the valleys. He's the God of the valleys. comes to us what we need him to be. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. And I was thinking this past week as we as we buried Kathy that Brent just six months earlier, right? I mean literally six months down to the day had passed away. All in this past year. But what's interesting is to hear those kids talk about their mom and dad's faith. Talk about their mom and dad's involvement in impacting other people's lives. Oh, they've gone through it. There's been valleys. But the difference is how they came through it. They didn't stop. They didn't give. Look, God may be dealing with you this morning, and the truth is you're still holding on to stuff that happened years ago. Somebody hurt you. Something took place. Something affected you. Somebody robbed you. Somebody abused you. And, and it's still to this day. And I understand that. I, I really, really do. I mean, there's no, as we said the other week, there's no such thing as divine amnesia, correct? But at the same token, understand that in that valley, he's not just with us, he's in us. So as you come up against those times, He's experiencing the same thing you are. When you're going through mourning, He's going through it with you. When you're facing the greatest challenge you've ever faced, be it physically, emotionally, spiritually, He's facing them with you. He's there. And remember, He said, I have overcome. Well, the problem is, we're still trusting ourselves to make it through it. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that's been your life story. You've been trying to make it in this life and this life hasn't been exactly working for you. And it, it's been those things that have defined you more than anything else. But God's heart is for you this morning. He's already... He's already given his life for you. 
So if you're here in this place this morning and you know that your life is not right with God, if you make that choice, He'll make that change. But it's your choice to believe in Him and to trust Him. Does that mean I just got to stop trying? I, I don't do anything anymore? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're going to be led to do things differently. You're going to come through it, not get stuck in it. How many know that when you come into a wilderness, the worst thing you can do is try to get out of it yourself? Because you only prolong the journey. But when he leads you through, what's on the other side is huge. God's for you, not against you. There's victory in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for what you've been saying to us. You're going to, in the valley, make sure that we know that you're Lord. Not only Lord of the mountain, but Lord of the valley. Our trust is in you. Lord, I pray that if there be any here this morning that, that does not have that relationship with you, has not asked you into their life, has not believed upon you as truly the Son of God, then this morning I pray that what they're experiencing in them, that pulling, that drawing, that they would yield to what your Holy Spirit is convicting them of, a life without you, and their need for you to become whole. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask that question this morning. That's you. That's you. And you know that your life is not where it should be. It's not right with God, period. You're walking outside of a relationship with Him. And this morning, He is just dealing with you. Not just a little, but in volumes. And your heart this morning is saying, I need Him. I need Him to save me. To become one with Him. If that's you this morning and your heart is saying yes to him, right where you stand, right where you're at, would you just affirm that with an upraised hand? Just, you're affirming that. Amen? Amen. You're affirming that I'm saying yes to his love. Yes to his forgiveness. Yes to his grace. It takes but a moment to make that choice. Lord, I thank you for hands. Thank you for lives that have responded to you and to your grace. Now I pray in their hearts, their hearts, not their heads. They've made a conscious choice, but their hearts made it before the head did. And so I pray 
for them to be led by you. Where you join with them. Pray this with me. And this morning, if you're saying yes to him, I pray you pray from the heart. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sin. Save me and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give him praise. He's worthy. with you in the valley I, I, I want you to understand that you can go there are times that you're not going to see God but you're going to have to trust his hand you're going to need to hear the voice and know he's got a rod and a staff that protect you Great is our God and greatly to be praised. And I'll say it, no weapon formed against you will prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against him. Are you not going to go through the problems of the world? Certainly you are. We are. That's why every day I'm praying, Lord, your people, this house, overwhelm us. Let them know your presence. Protect them. Prosper them. Keep them safe. Impart your help to this house. In the name of Jesus. Don't come crying to me about your family. Going all wrong family has never known you praying over them every day. Come into the storehouse and it's empty. You pray for that spouse. You pray for that child of yours, their spouse. You pray for those grandchildren. You pray for their brothers and sisters. You pray for their children. storehouse do you know what it's like to stand before God and say God I'm calling on the prayers that I have offered to you when you got a kid that's going through trouble when you got a, a grandkid that's facing this situation or they're dealing with physical scenarios and, and sicknesses you don't go through it scared spitless, all worried to death. You have a boldness that rises up within you. You know, you know that though you go through that valley, he's with me. His help imparted. I'm standing.